when parents are like just with work pressures, with life pressures, financial pressures, marriage, outside family, like all of those things contribute to our parenting. We might not recognize that, but it, it's true because we're, it's just building all of that stress in us. And then it can sometimes come out on our kids. Welcome to the Christy Faith Show, where we share game-changing ideas with intentional parents like you. I'm your host, Christy Faith, experienced educational advisor and homeschool enthusiast. Together, we'll explore ways to enrich and transform both your life and the lives of your children. Parenting seems to always be in the news, and this newer generation of parents really wants to do things a lot differently than how they were raised. I'm so excited to have Marnie Love on our show today. Marnie Love is a parent coach certified by Connected Families. She teaches the Connected Families four-part framework that equips parents with tools to lead with confidence and grace. She helps families connect and supports parents as they learn to guide their children in building wisdom and responsibility. Marnie leads workshops in small groups and helps parents to grow in their understanding of this powerful framework. In addition to parent coaching, Marnie is a coach trainer and works as a mentor in the Thrive Homeschool community. She is a public school teacher turned homeschool mom since 2004, and she has three sons, one in college and two still homeschooling. I'm so excited to have you on the show today, and I'm going to jump right into the first question, Marnie. I want to hear how and why you became a parenting coach. Because I had um, so many parenting books. I was trying so hard um, to help my boys thrive, to help me because I felt like I was drowning. (laughs) And none of them were clicking with me until I heard a podcast and I found out about Connected Families. And so once I learned about their framework, once my husband and I kind of, it resonated with both of us, we were having such a hard time finding something that resonated with both of us. Things that I found he thought were too soft, things that he was doing from, you know, his past like experience as a kid, right? We kind of go default to our own parenting, just weren't resonating. And so this was the thing that connected us in our parenting. And I just loved it so much. And I kept talking about it to people um, and sharing it. And so when the opportunity came to become trained in the framework and to kind of, you know, spread this message far and wide, I jumped in with both feet. You hear a lot about parents not being on the same page and that can cause problems. I have heard with this framework with connected families that a lot of parents find themselves on the same page. Can you describe how and why that is? What is it about this particular framework that helps couples unite in raising their kids? Yeah, you know, um, so there's four parts to the framework um, and the bottom two um, parts are the foundation and connection pieces. And those are really um, helping our kids like receive the messages of grace. And then the top two parts of the framework are coaching and correcting. And those are really sending our kids messages of responsibility. In my experience personally, and in with the clients I've worked with, it seems as though we tend to couple up. You know how you kind of couple up with someone that's like complimentary to you, but also a little bit opposite? It works that way in parenting too. So oftentimes one parent is just naturally stronger in the grace messages. And one parent is naturally stronger in the responsibility messages. And so I think it really helps us to 
um, have both of those pieces so that we can kind of lean into our strengths, but then we can also help each other in the parts that were a little weaker. So in my situation, I was stronger in the messages of grace. The foundation and connection parts came more naturally mm-hmm. to me, but the accountability messages, the those came a little bit, those were a little bit harder for me. My husband does the opposite. And so he could kind of get frustrated sometimes if he didn't feel like I was holding our kids more accountable. And I would get frustrated if I didn't feel like he was connecting with them in a mm-hmm. safe way. Mm-hmm. And so it just helps parents to kind of lean into their strengths, but it validates both messages. And so both parents are validated in the position they're coming from, and then they can work together to help each other to parent with the whole framework. And I don't want to embarrass you here, but I think this might be helpful for the listeners. Before you found Connected Families, what was your household like? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, because I know that it it's transformative for people yeah. and Scott and I have been through the program with you. So this mm-hmm. is why I wanted you on because we found it absolutely incredible. And I think you're a fantastic coach. But one of the things that was fascinating to me is when we were working together, you were describing what your household was like before this framework. And I'm sure a lot of families will identify with you when you describe. <laughs> yes, for sure. For sure. So I have three boys and, um, you know, connected families tends to draw parents that have kids that we call more sensitive and intense. So, you Mm -hmm. know, kids that maybe have a diagnosis, maybe we have ADHD in our family. We are family through adoption and biology. So there's some trauma background. We have some sensory processing stuff going on. And so we just have a lot happening in our family. Even my husband has ADHD. Like there's just a lot of dynamics, a lot of energy. I've got very high energy boys and the dynamic of them together, you know, I wasn't used to, I grew up I grew up with this sister. Our house was very calm and my boys were just full of energy all the time. And I'm an introvert. So that was really a lot for me. Like my senses, I would say that I'm a highly sensitive person. And so just all the noise and all the, you know, mobility of my boys in every direction was really stressful. And so I would kind of default into like reaching my kind of, we call it like the window of tolerance, like my window of tolerance would get smaller and smaller and I would just explode. And so I never wanted to be a screaming parent, but in Inspiration, I would, you know, yell at my kids because I was feeling overwhelmed myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do with these diagnoses that we had. Like I didn't know how to handle, you know, I was, I was a teacher. So I had that experience of ADHD, but it's different at home when it's all the time. And so, you know, just learning how to kind of cope with all of those things, I didn't handle it super well. So it felt it felt out of control, I would say, and it felt chaotic a lot, not all the time, but um, certainly more than I would have liked. And, you know, I'm, I tend to share, maybe I overshare, but I will say that I used to cry myself to sleep most nights because mm-hmm. I was parenting in a way that I wasn't proud of. I was feeling bad about the way that I had interacted with my boys. I would tell myself every morning, you know, I'm not going to yell today. I'm not going to yell today. And then invariably things would, you know, progress to the point that I would be yelling. And so it was, we were just desperate for help. And so, you know, all of the things that we had learned, timeouts, like all of those things just were not um, working in our family. And I was just feeling, I was feeling pretty low. You know, I was feeling like I wasn't a good mom. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just not, that's not the kind of family culture that we wanted to create. So connected mm-hmm. families, when we started coaching and really got into learning how to help our sensitive and intense kids and how to help our sensitive and intense selves um, was just transformational for our family. That's absolutely beautiful. If you're enjoying the show and don't want to miss out on future episodes, hit that like and subscribe button and show us some love with your reviews. Those five-star reviews really do help us reach more people. And I'm so curious. I don't think your household became quieter per se, did it? It was like the change happened. Like all good therapy, right? I remember like 10 years ago, I was struggling with something some other people in my lives. And of course I go to therapy and I'm like, they're like this, they're like this. And then it was a good therapist. And she's like, let's work on you. And so those people never changed. I did the changing. And I think, so talk about that. I mean, the changing mainly, I, and I, maybe we can go into that later or even right now. But one thing I love about this foundational piece of the framework that you teach is it really is almost best practices really for therapy and which is we start with ourselves. Maybe let's just jump right into it. We don't need to go in order of the questions that I wanted to ask you, but why is that so valuable? Because a lot of us, we're overwhelmed because our kids are behaving this way and that way. And what do we do to stop it? And tell me now, how do I stop this? And then sometimes the answer is kind of a drag. Like the disappointing answer (laughs) is, well, let's start with you. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I want, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So with the framework, um, it's a triangle and the bottom part is the foundation. The very tip top part is the correction piece. So the foundation is the largest part. That all stems from the question, what's going on in me? And so the correction piece is where most parents come in for coaching and they're like, how do I stop this behavior? How do I fix this? Like, okay, so that is a great question. It's a question that we're going to get to, but we really have to start with what's going on in me. Mm-hmm. And so that's why the foundation is the biggest part. And what I love about the framework is when you have work. And when I say this, you you work on your foundation. It's lifelong work. We're always growing. We're always changing. Our kids are always growing and changing, getting into new stages. And so foundation work is continual throughout our life. That's just being a human. Like that's just growth. That's important. But um, when we're doing that work, that correction that we're so desperate to get our kids to stop this behavior, we spend a lot more, a lot less time in that correction piece. Because when we work on the bottom section of the framework, that's where the kind of like the magic happens, you got like the secret sauce. <laughs> um, so it's definitely um, a lot of internal work. And for us, that looked like marriage counseling. We really needed some tools. We needed communication tools. We needed to get things right so that our stress level could come down because we were kind of living in a pressure cooker. And so, you know, we needed to go through financial peace. We went through lots of changes to get ourselves in a better place when parents are like just with work pressures, with life pressures, financial pressures, marriage, outside family, like all of those things contribute to our parenting. We might not recognize that, but it's true because we're, it's just building all of that stress in us. And then it can sometimes come out on our kids when we didn't mean to because they, you know, were playing ball in the house and put a hole in the wall. Not that that's happened in my house, but you know. (laughs) Talking about someone else. (laughs) Right. So it's 
it's it's really that foundation work is key. So whatever that looks like for you, it could look different. You know, it could be therapy. It could it could be lots of things. For me, it really was taking toxic thoughts captive. We talk a lot about that in connected families, replacing those toxic beliefs with grace filled truths. Um, so that idea that I had said earlier that I'm a bad mom, I'm an angry mom. Those were things that me just saying that to myself all the time wasn't really helping. It was just solidifying for me that I was failing. And so I felt like a failure most of the time. I wasn't enough. Mm -hmm. And so it was really learning that those are not, that's not truth. That's not what God says about me. That's not what my kids say about me. That's just my own stinking thinking is what I used to tell my students. And so we really have to transform our own thinking and Mm -hmm. What is true? I'm learning. I'm growing as a mom. I don't, I don't have all the answers, but I'm willing to do what it takes to learn. That's mm-hmm. what's true, right? I'm not supposed to be enough on my own. I'm not supposed to be perfect. Like I think with um, social media, that can play a big role in our, mm-hmm. you know, comparison of we see everyone's highlight reel. And then we oh, put yeah. that, all of that into one mom oh, well, you know, this mom's got her house beautifully decorated and takes her kids to do all these fun things and has all the matching outfits for the beautiful card, you know, and my, my life didn't look anything like that, but that's not, that's not for me to take in. And so I, for me, I had to really limit my social media so that I could get into a better, you know, headspace. So that foundation work is really important. What's, what is going on in you? It comes Mm -hmm. out. And so we need to do that work to get ourselves regulated. Um, We talk a lot about that too. So I love that. And you know, something that I valued about going through the program was we also have toxic beliefs about our kids. He's difficult. She's a whiner or whatever. And the framework also helps us to stop those thoughts in the tracks and replace those with truths because often, and this is something that I loved about doing, working with you and Scott did too, is that, and I want you to expand on this a little bit, is that a lot of these character traits that we view as problems are actually pretty amazing strengths. Can you go into that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The toxic beliefs we have about our kids, you know, it's normal for us to kind of look at a situation. Like for me, I'll just talk about my own personal, um, to walk into a messy bedroom and to feel like, oh my gosh, this kid is a mess. How's he ever going to hold a job? How's he ever going to like right. and survive they're five, in life? Right. They're, they're five. five years old and we're like worried about <laughs> when they're 22. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's catastrophizing, right? We're catastrophizing yes. about the future. Yeah. Raise your and hand right now if you're listening and you catastrophize and you, oh, yeah. I mean, this is what we get with homeschooling. Like when we have brand new homeschool moms and they're, they don't want to homeschool because they're worried their kid might miss out on prom and their kid's five. Right. We like, we do, but we do this, right? Right. We do this to ourselves. Okay. But keep going because I love what you teach in this. Yeah. So, what I had to learn when I walk into that bedroom, what do I see? Well, I've got a really creative kid. He is constantly building these amazing Lego sets from his mind. He's, you know, just like, amazingly creative. Mm -hmm. He's doing art. So he's got his art supplies. He's got his Legos all over the floor. Instead of walking in and seeing the mess, 
I needed to walk in and say, whoa, buddy, it looks like you're really being creative in here. Show me what it is that you're making. I really want to see that. And then I could walk him through, okay, so let's maybe, you know, clean this room together and and we have a whole process for doing that. But it was just seeing him differently. He's not a mess. He's creative. That's how his mind works. He has to do lots of things. He once told me, mom, it's like air for me. Creating is like breathing. And I'm like, okay. Now I'm here trying to squash his breathing. I'm like, that's yeah. not right. So just seeing their gifts, right? Um, we call them gifts gone awry. So sometimes their gifts um, are, like you said, maybe they're whining. And that that is an annoying behavior to a parent, right? It's like mm-hmm. nails on the chalkboard. But what's the gift underneath whining? Well, a kiddo that's whining is expressing themselves. That's a good gift, being able to express your feelings. They might need a little bit of help. So that's where we come alongside with the coaching piece mm-hmm. and help them to learn to use their words in a, in a way that they can be heard. Kids that are whining are also persistent. They really have a need that they want to to have met. And so they're going to keep persisting. Now we can help them to learn how to use persistence in a positive way. Mm -hmm. And so just kind of, it's a reframe for us. What do we see? What are the gifts underneath those misbehaviors and what skills are lacking? What do we need to do as parents to help shore up those skills? Like with Mm -hmm. the whining child, we want them to assert themselves. Like that's a real gift. How can we Mm -hmm. help them to do that? And I love that. And I know there's parents listening. We're like, no, whining is just annoying. And right. Or no, they just, whatever it is, like they're, they're just always combative or something yeah. like that. And so, but, so let's make sure that we are clear on the misbehavior. It's not that we are lying to ourselves right. and reframing, like, like my kid's an absolute mess, but I'm going to just call him creative and then be happy all of a sudden, right? Like that's not how it works, right? But at the same time, and I think maybe the key here is that is seeing an opportunity. Is that what you think the key is there? Yeah. In connected families, we say that um, misbehavior is the golden opportunity to show our children unconditional love. So what can we do as parents to help our kids? So I like to say misbehavior is a little white flag. Our kids are waving this white flag. Hey, I need help over here. So how can we come alongside them? Now, yes, sometimes that looks like we need to do some coaching. Sometimes that looks like we need to have some consequences. So when we use the framework to kind of guide us through that process, it just gives us a lens to look at the whole situation, not just this misbehavior that's happening happening over here. And, you know, generally when we're feeling annoyed, that's a a white flag too. And that could be for us. Like, do we need to do some foundation work? Do we need to Mm -hmm. do some self-regulation? Do we need to help our child? So it's Mm -hmm. kind of a twofold process. So when we use the framework, we always start first with what's going on in me. So if that annoyance is coming in, okay, that's a me thing. I got to deal with that first. Well, I'm laughing because I think it was last week, one of my little ones, one of the twins like saw me and she goes, mom, like she stopped and her hands were up. She goes, mom, I think you need to breathe. Do you want to breathe together? Right. And so, yeah. And so, and what I think is so cool is because that's what I had been doing with her. 
Like let's breathe first. Let's just stop and let's breathe and hugging too. Cause that pressure there's each kid kind of has different. And, and you go into this in when you work and you coach parents, I know you go into like kind of what each kid needs. I want to talk a little bit about homeschooling. Yeah. Because one, this is what really sets you apart. Not every one of our listeners is a homeschooler, but a lot of them are. And we can lose our ever loving mind by 9.30 a.m., if <laughs> yeah. not earlier. Yes. Because you know what? We, we do not send our kids off for seven hours a day where we can have a clean house and then after school have our kids in extracurriculars where really our kids are only home maybe an hour at dinner, right? No, we're, our houses are, we are choosing, yeah. people often talk about homeschooling so easy. I actually disagree with that. I actually think homeschooling, it's easier than people think, like when they think of like classroom teaching, but in terms of the lifestyle that we are choosing, we are choosing a more complicated, difficult lifestyle. Yeah, that is the truth. Before we continue, I want to share with you a program that has been a game changer for our homeschool. At our learning center, we instructed and taught pretty much every math program out there on the market. So we know firsthand how important a solid math foundation is for our kids' futures. Finding the right homeschool math program that didn't compromise academic excellence, but also one that didn't put me and my kids through the ringer was a challenge. Till one day I tried CTC math. You guys, the rest was history. First off, it's a mastery-based program, which means your kid gets a solid grasp of the material. It's also loaded with mixed reviews, ensuring kids never forget what they've learned. And the questions are adaptive, which keeps students confident and progressing at their own pace. But the best part, all the teaching and grading done for you. With CTC Math, there is no compromise on excellence. Your child gets a top-notch education and you just made your homeschool life easier. Visit CTC Math for your free trial today. And we can lose it very early on in the day. So talk a little bit, because I think homeschooling has forced me more into the growth plan. And I'm thankful oh, yeah. for that. I I see that as one of the huge, I talk about this in my book too. This is a huge, if you are a person who considers him or herself on life's growth plan, like you have a growth mindset, you'll love homeschooling because you're- 100%, 100%, <laughs> yes. Yeah, anyway, go ahead. I want to hear yeah. what you have to say. Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I mean, it's just, you know, because we're in it all the time. Yeah homeschooling is just parenting. That's all it is. I mean, we're parenting, we're learning alongside our kids, but it almost means that our parenting game has to be even more because we're using those parenting skills all day long. And so if we don't have a game plan, which that's what the framework is, if we don't have a game plan, we can feel out of control. And so Mm -hmm. the first time, you know, that we hit a meltdown, maybe we handle it well, And then the second time we had another meltdown, we start to kind of lose it. Mm -hmm. And so just having a plan is so important. Um, With coaching, we talk a lot about our own regulation. For me, like knowing that I'm a highly sensitive person, I needed to do certain things because we're in our homes all day long, right? And so I needed to do certain things to help me stay regulated throughout the day. 
And so, you know, that's a lot of self-care practices. That's a lot of like just knowing yourself. So I know I've sh- I've shared with you, Christy, I love my Hoka slides because when I would yeah. feel a crumb on my floor, I would start berating myself. I'm such a bad mom. I don't keep my house clean enough. Like, and, and just even the sensory input of that, like just feeling it on the bottom of my feet was, was mm-hmm. irritating to me. So just little things that we can learn how to do to get ourselves in a better place for the day. Um, Mm -hmm. For me, that looked like taking my boys outside. Like I needed to get outside. They needed to move their bodies. That's the gift that we have in homeschooling our kids, right? We can meet those physical needs that they have, those sensory needs that they have. And so when I'm starting to feel out of control or I see that my kids are, we could just go right outside and ride our bikes around the block and come back in and start again. So it's Mm -hmm. just, I think that's the beauty of homeschooling and, you know, this framework is just learning about self-regulation, co-regulation, sensory needs, like all of those things are so important because honestly, if we're coming unglued on our kids, we're just putting them into fight or flight. If they're in fight or flight, they're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's so important too, even from just the school perspective, right? If we really want mm-hmm. them to learn, then they need to feel safe with us and they need and their needs mm-hmm. need to be met also. Those physical needs need to be met. Yeah, that's yeah. what we talk a lot about, which I think, you know, it's it's just intertwined. Like the parent coaching that I do, I, I really work with a lot of homeschool moms in particular. And we work a lot. We spend a lot of time on foundation work and on connecting yeah. with our kids because we we just need more of that. You know, we're we're doing it all day long. So yeah, and this and this is not about just getting through today or getting through this week. This foundational work this will help you be close to your adult kids yeah. because you are building unconditional love. This is something I love about this because. One of my motivators for homeschooling is I want an extremely connected family. I want us to have collective memories together. I don't want all of us to live separate lives. That often happens because our kids are in school and they're separated by age. They're separated by sports team. They're separated by sport. They're separated by this, you know, by birthday party, right? Like even mm-hmm. birthday party. So, which is not typical for the homeschool world. In the homeschool space, when you're invited to a birthday party, your whole family's invited, right? Right. Like that's just how our culture is. But one thing that is a motivator for me in homeschooling in general, I don't think my story has to be the snarky teenage girl or the aloof detached boy who can't talk. I don't, I, I reject that for my story. I really do. I think that is society that and people we now think that that is normal. And I'm not saying that we can't have seasons of that. But and I want you to speak to this because a lot of us fear the teenage years and the young adult years where like, oh, my, you know, I see ladies on social media saying her 21 year old daughter hasn't called her for a year. And that makes me so sad What does connected families do that can change that story for us? Right. Well, again, it starts with the bottom part of the framework, right? When our kids feel safe with us, and we're talking like emotional, spiritual, 
physical Mm -hmm. safety. When they know, we kind of say we have a no freak out rule. They know they can come to us and say anything to us and we're going to be a safe place for them to share that, right? Mm -hmm. So we know that there's so many kids, you know, that are growing up with, I mean, there's just so many pressures on our, on our young people today. And so it's just such a blessing for them to be able to come home and say, Hey, um, I had a little fender bender, you know, and they know we're not going to freak out. They know we're safe with Mm -hmm. them. And all of that just builds right? All of that trust that they have in us, our connection grows deeper so that when they're older and maybe they lost their job, like they're going to come to us and say, Hey, I just had a really bad day. And they know that we're going to be there to support them. And we're going to be safe. We're not going to criticize them. We're not going to berate them. We're not going to, you know, abandon them. Like we're going to be there to be their soft place to land. And that's what this builds. This framework builds Mm -hmm. that. And it all starts with being emotionally safe and connected. What little Mm -hmm. things are we doing throughout the day to be connecting with our kids? There's a lot of empathy that goes into that connection piece. So -hmm. that way, when our kids are older, they know that they're understood. They know that we seek to understand them. Mm -hmm. Um, and this even crosses over. I mean, I'm already thinking about this in terms of like my daughter-in-laws, like, how can I use this framework then? Right. I mean, we use this framework in our marriage. We use this framework in every relationship Mm -hmm. that we have. And -hmm. it's really about building that trust, building that connection so that our kids know that they can always come And, you know, Mm -hmm. if they ask us, so this is that coaching piece, if we're doing this coaching piece alongside them, then maybe they'll invite us into their adult life and ask for our advice, right? We're not going to just give it to them. We're not Mm going to tell them what to do, but we really hope that, hey, I I might have something to, to say about that. And if we've been safe and we've been connected and we've been coaching them, um, Mm -hmm. with, that in mind, then they'd be more likely to ask us and invite us into Mm -hmm. that. So it does build family connections. And even with siblings, because I know like, you know, sibling conflict, which we can talk about, but the whole idea is that like we have created a do-over culture in our family and that's a connected families term. And when we mess up, we ask for a do-over and our kids do that with each other. And so I'm Mm -hmm. trusting that as they get older in their brother relationship, they're going to hit some bumps in the road, but I'm hoping that they're going to come back to this framework of, Hey, you know, I messed up. Can I, can I try it again? Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a lifelong, it's a lifelong process and it's a framework that can grow with your family over time. Even we have coaches that are grandparents and they're using this framework with their grandchildren. And maybe they weren't able to use this framework with their grown children, but it's mending those relationships now, which is such a beautiful thing. So that's beautiful. I'm getting a little bit emotional because as you were talking and this is not, we've talked, you and I have talked about a lot. Do you guys talk about shame at all? We do. Mm -hmm. Okay. What? Because you, when I went through the program with you, we didn't really talk about shame, but we, we come from a previous church that was extremely authoritarian, religious parenting. The children in that church who were quiet silent, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Those were the ones who were considered the most well-behaved children. And when I look back, I worry. Yeah. I worry about, you know, I went to, Scott and I met at a Christian 
liberal arts college. And at, it's very big now, but at the time it was small. And a lot of those kids, and dare I say, a lot of those homeschooled kids would yeah. come as freshmen and go wild. I'm talking partying, promiscuity, dangerous behaviors across the board. And you think, oh my goodness, this these these were these are the homeschooled kids. These kids are going wild, right? Yeah. And I was a public school girl, so nothing phased me. But I was I was surprised, yeah. right? At like the homeschool kids were like the biggest partiers, and quite frankly, were the ones without the coping tools as well. Right. So right. can we? What when I was talking about that, what was going through your mind? Yeah, yeah. So the shame piece um, is yeah. really about the messages we're sending our kids. So. The messages we're sending our kids are the messages that they're going to carry into adulthood. And so are those going to be messages of shame? That's why that foundation piece is so important mm -hmm. because we really want our kids to know that we believe in them. So this is the coaching piece. They're called and capable. That's what we want to instill in our kids. We want to grow wise, responsible adults. That's our whole goal. And yeah. so in order to do that, we don't want to shame our kids and criticize our kids because you're right. They're only going to go underground when that happens because then we're not safe. So that's part of that safety piece, right? Yes. So it's just, it's so important that our kids receive the message from us. So this is part of the framework too. Um, that foundation piece, you're safe with me. You're loved no matter what. Your, be your, your behavior, your good behavior is not going to win you more of my love and your bad behavior is not going to take away my love from you. And then, you know, you're called incapable. You have gifts to offer this world and we want to help you to, mm. to really hone those gifts to do good in this world. The gifts that have been given to you by God, how are you going to use those to bless other people? And that responsibility piece, the message we're sending there is you're responsible for your actions. I'm for you. I'm going to help you. I'm with you. I will mm -hmm. never leave you just like God will never leave us. But sometimes we're going to need to course correct. And so how yes. can you make right what you've made wrong? You're responsible for your actions. And so that's the, those are the messages within the framework. And when we're sending our kids those messages, then that combats the messages of shame because they have an opportunity. Yes. They're going to mess up. We mess up all the time. Yes. We don't have to sit and live in that mess up. We can make right what we've made wrong. And that's what we're growing our kids to do. I love that. What are some examples of praise that actually backfires? Yeah. Well, I can tell you a lot with academics, but how about parenting? Yeah. So same really. I mean, when we're, when we're praising the outcome of something instead of the effort yes. put into it. Right. Yeah. And so we want to notice the effort. And so, you know, in homeschool, it's kind of that same thing. Like if, you know, math isn't going very well, I use math a lot because that's our struggle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> If an assignment isn't going very well, to just say, instead of it being like the end result, what grade you got on the test or how many you got right or whatever, like I saw you really sticking with it. And I know that's really hard work. Mm -hmm. And I just see that perseverance in you, mm -hmm. you know? And so when we're praising, like when, yes, we want to say great job, you know, when they do well, mm -hmm. but you, even then you really want to focus on the effort because when they don't do well, that doesn't mean that they failed. And so I think we yes. just have to be careful in the way that we praise them so that we're looking at what's inside and not just on the result. Right. And we all in our culture, and that feeds perfectionism and performance anxiety, which can be extremely crippling into adulthood. 
Yeah. Not that I know anything about that personally. <laughs> yeah. And I did it to myself really, but yes. I want to ask you about when our kids embarrass us and we are just mortified by their behavior. Oh man. Yeah. I've been there. Um, yeah. So at Connected Families, we say my child is not my report card. So that was really powerful for me. But society does that. not believe that. Society right. sees a sees misbehavior as poor parenting. Yes. So that's where we have to be. That's where that foundation piece comes in again. Yeah. And we have to not be concerned with what other people think of us because our most mm-hmm. important job is helping this kid to grow in wisdom and responsibility. And so mm-hmm. that has to be our focus when we're dealing mm-hmm. with a behavior. So if mm-hmm. that, you know, is a tantrum, which is fairly common for kids, you know, especially when, especially for kids that are, that have like that sensory overload happening. Mm-hmm. So if you go out somewhere, generally that's where it happens, right? They don't want to leave somewhere or they're not, you know, things aren't working out the way that they would like them to. And so mm-hmm. they just kind of melt down. And I know that's where parents can sometimes mm-hmm. feel really embarrassed about their kid's behavior. But instead of, and this is this is the beauty of it. So instead of being so worried about what other people are thinking about you, when you put your focus on what's happening with your child and what's your job, other parents will see the way that you're interacting with, their, with your kid. Mm-hmm. And it just, it blesses other people and it mm-hmm. shows them there's another way. So for that kiddo that's melting down, again, we go right to the framework. What's going on in me? Okay, I need to take a deep breath because I'm feeling embarrassed right now. I'm going to get myself centered, right? Then I'm going to enter in with my kid. What's going on with this kiddo? Are they hungry? Are they hangry right now? (laughs) Are they overstimulated? Like what's underneath the surface? I'm going to come in with some empathy. You're having a hard time right now, aren't you? Like, are you feeling like you're maybe a little bit tired? You know, whatever you, you see as the need. And they'll probably tell you, no, we like to um, try to get some yeses in there. And so we can say, are you really upset right now? Are you really angry? I see that you're really having a hard time helping with their emotion words that social emotional Mm -hmm. intelligence is really important, Mm -hmm. but also they want to feel seen. They want to feel heard. And so how can we do that? Right. Do you need a Mm -hmm. hug? Do you need a hug right now? What would, mm-hmm. what, what can I do to help you feel better right yes. now? Right. So just getting down, we call it slow, low and listen, getting mm-hmm. down low with them, listening in, like what's going mm-hmm. on, what's at the heart of this um, and just kind of slowing them down. And then that's where the co-regulation mm-hmm. piece comes in. So if they're mm-hmm. having a tantrum, then that, Hey, do you want to take some deep breaths with me? Right. Mm-hmm. You can make it a game. We used to do like the blow out mm-hmm. the candles. You hold them up and you blow out the candles, or maybe it's like the dragon breath. Something playfulness can be really helpful. So you mm-hmm. don't have to rush in to stop it. Your job is to come alongside. And so that's kind yes. of where that shift happens, where we don't have to be embarrassed because our job is to help our child. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, often, and I am guilty of this myself, where maybe one of my young kids was doing something embarrassing, and I look to the people around me yeah. and make an excuse. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're teething, or oh, they're this. Mm-hmm. How powerful is it if you actually ignore all of them? Yeah. And you're focusing on your kid. Right. Like, who cares what they think? Because right. here's the thing, and you and I know this, and we. this is why I love having you as a mentor and thrive. We're so on the same page with this. Not all misbehavior is, well, you know, and I will say that some is because you need to work on your parenting. That is true. That is absolutely true. 
But we also know there are sensory issues. There are kids who are diagnosed with autism. There are, we've talked in just yesterday in office hours about primitive reflexes. So there is a lot that can play. Over the years, I have learned never judge. When I see a kid melting down in the grocery store, it is empathy. I am just giving empathy because what if that mom was up like I was two nights ago with one of the kids puking, that other kid maybe is starting to spike a fever in the middle of the grocery store and the mom right. is just there to try to get ginger ale, right? <laughs> you right. know? Yeah. And so it's not a matter of making excuses like, oh, he's just hungry or oh, he's this or oh, he's that. Yeah. When you're, it, what I'm hearing is that when you're implementing the framework, you're kind of, you're starting from the ground up to get at the root yeah. of it. And it's really hard not to be embarrassed about your kid's behavior in public. And especially when there's going to be judgy Judy's. Oh, this is going to trigger you. Oh. (laughs) Do you want to be triggered? My foundation is strong. I can handle it. Okay. (laughs) I was at a party once. And this is at my old church that teaches extremely authoritarian parenting and also spanking. Not everyone at that church was this way. But I was at a party once and this woman looked at me in the eye and said, I can tell every child in this church who is not spanked. And she was saying that in a way she was a spanker and she was saying that in a way, in a very haughty, that is a word we use, Yes, (laughs) in a haughty way, meaning those people, their families are basically out of control. What do you have to say about that? Well, that's a her problem, first of all. And I think, you know, for, there's lots of things I could say about it, but, you know. Say it, girl. Spill the tea. (laughs) Oh, girl. No, mamas need to hear this. Mamas need to hear this because they feel like, I feel like there's a choice nowadays between like this authoritarian, especially if you're faith-based, anyone listening here who is faith-based, we almost feel this pull. Either you have to be completely authoritarian or absolutely crazy permissive. And, you know, the authoritarian people look at gentle parenting and they like rolling their eyes. And then the gentle parenting, they're kind of doing the same. Both sides are very prideful, I think. And so anyway, what do you, I'm so curious what you have to say. Spill the tea, girl, spill it. (laughs) Well, this is why I love um, the framework so much and connected families because I feel like it's right in the middle. We're Mm. parenting gently because that's what we're called to do. We're called to, to raise our kids, to disciple our kids, to discipline our kids gently, but we're still called to discipline our kids and disciple our kids. And so it's kind of a mix of both of those things. For people that are, you know, in one camp or the other, like it's not your job to make either of them happy. It's not your job to explain what you're doing. You're like, this is where I like to say, like, stay in your lane. I like to focus on my family and what my job is to do. Mm -hmm. And this is what God's given me to do to raise Mm -hmm. these three boys that he's given me. There was an absolute purpose in making me the mom of these three boys. And yes, they have some extra challenges. I mean, we've got a lot of stuff going on. We've got food allergies. We've got lots of things. And 
I felt really out of my depth a lot of times with how to come alongside them in each of these challenges. And, you know, God was always faithful to give me wisdom and discernment in order to guide them well. And so, like you said, you never know what people are going through. You never know the story of their family, how their family was created. There's so many parts and pieces. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for people that do sit in judgment, like that's for them, that's not for you to deal with. You're your dog. That's so grace-filled. It's almost like you're following your own framework. (laughs) I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. To focus on what what is your job? Your job is to help come alongside your kids. And so, you know, for us, we definitely were more probably on that other side of being too restrictive and too, you know, authoritarian. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't my natural bent, but it was, didn't know what else to do kind of like, Mm -hmm. I'm so lost. I don't know how to get these kids under control. And that is, there were a lot of books that kind of had that teaching, right? And so I was trying to like kind of follow that, but it just didn't resonate with me. And it didn't, Mm -hmm. it didn't create the family culture that I so longed for. I think that was the main thing is I, you know, if it's too permissive, that's also not the culture that, that I really longed for. And that's, definitely wasn't working for my husband. The first time that I picked up, you know, kind of more of that gentle parenting book, he was like, no, this isn't going to work. Right. Like we've got three boys that that this is never going to work. And so, um, it's really bringing both of those pieces into play, right? We need to come alongside our kids. We need to help them to learn and grow, but mm-hmm. we also need to do it gently. Like we're, we're, we're called yes. as believers to restore gently. And yes. so that's that reconciliation piece is so important. And I feel like for us anyway, in our story, that spanking just breaks connection. It definitely breaks the safety piece. They're not going to feel physically and emotionally safe mm-hmm. if if there's pain to stop that behavior and at, you know, at connected families, we say, we're not about modifying behavior. We're about mentoring belief. We want to help our kids to grow. We want to mentor their belief in themselves instead of just stopping that behavior. And with spanking, what's the goal? It's just to stop the behavior. And that's not helping our kids to grow in wisdom or responsibility. Right. And often just to make life easier for the parent. A lot of people say homeschooling is easy and I just flat out disagree. I think at times homeschool can feel really hard and part of it is the weight of the responsibility to not mess up our kids. We are often riddled with self-doubt, second guessing and feeling overwhelmed with excessive amounts of information out there and all of the options. And at the same time, we love our kids. We don't want to mess this up. So how do we build a homeschool that our kids will thank us for later on down the years when they are adults? Well, the first step is joining Thrive Homeschool Community where you find the eight-step homeschool success framework. This helps you build an undeniably successful homeschool that gives your kids what they need now, that also prepares them for their future and helps you in the day-to-day as well. Each year and each kid presents us with uncharted territory, but with the right plan, you can rest in the security and confidence that you are doing a great job. The path is easy. Join Thrive, say a quick hello to all your new friends, start right away the eight-step homeschool success framework, and kiss anxiety goodbye. It's risk-free, no contracts. You can cancel anytime, no questions asked. And I also feel like people turn to spanking because it's 
it's easy. Yeah. And it temporarily does work. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's really important, that temporary piece, because what, mm-hmm. the, what actually is happening is you're just pushing kids underground. They're not, they're being, you know, we call it the compliant child. But what happens with that compliant child is they just learn that you're not safe. You're not to be trusted. So Mm -hmm. they're just going to go behind your back. Mm -hmm. A lot of times compliant kids are, you know, really, they get really good at lying. They really get good at sneaking because they have to. And that's the last thing that we want for our kids, especially as they're getting older and the the stakes are higher. We definitely don't want them to go underground. And so the way that we can, when they're little, the way that we can foster that is through using the framework. And, and, you know, just for us that even the timeouts was like a separation and it broke yes. connection. And that was really popular when my kids were little, the timeout yeah. thing. Often people think like, if you're not an authoritarian spanker, then you just, you just let your kids go wild. And all you're worried about is being their friend. And that is not what your framework teaches at all. No, no, not at all. So we're, you know, it's really important that we're discipling and walking alongside our kids. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that's where that coaching piece, that called and capable piece is so important because we're coming alongside them to help them shore up skills that they're missing. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, again, that starts with foundation and connection. Like are those skills missing because they have primitive reflex integration that hasn't happened and then their Mm -hmm. executive functioning skills are delayed. So do we Mm -hmm. need to walk alongside them and help them shore up some of those executive functioning skills, right? Mm -hmm. We have something that we call just right challenges in connected families. And that's like giving our kids just enough of a challenge that they can feel successful and learn and grow and develop mm-hmm. more, you know, ability and to mm-hmm. kind of up those just right challenges, you know, but it's mm-hmm. incremental and we need to lead that. Like they can't do that without us. And so yes. all of these things are kind of in tandem together. So it's not, yes, we are the leaders. We are the ones that are doing the work, right? We're the ones that are figuring out all the pieces mm-hmm. and parts that go into what this child needs. Where are the parents? We're leading. What values do we have as a family that we long to instill into our kids? And how can we do that? So we talk a lot about family meetings. We talk a lot about conflict resolution, you know, mm-hmm. conflict resolution between siblings with us. And they're going to take those conflict resolution skills and use them as adults in a healthy way. Yes. So it's our job to really teach and instill these things in our kids to grow healthy adults. That's our whole yes. mission is for these kids to enter into this world, to be a blessing to this world. And so that's, you know, what I really love about um, the coaching piece is the team problem solving, because we're not, a lot of times we see a problem over here, right? And this problems to kind of gets in the middle between our child and, and, and us. And we kind of start to butt heads over this problem. But with team problem solving, we see the problem over here and our child and um, and we're working together with our children to go toward that problem. How can we, we put God in the middle, how can we with God solve this problem together? And we're developing critical thinkers, we're developing problem solvers while we do that. And mm-hmm. so I just love the way that it's not leaving our kids to kind of figure things out on their own, but it's not telling them what to do. We talk a lot about the power of questions and how we can ask mm-hmm. questions to also develop critical thinking. So the whole goal is to help our kids to become, you know, really wonderful people that we want to hang out with, Christy, that we want to live, you know, in our town yeah. so we can see our grandkids one day. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. 
I want to ask you, parenting can just be emotionally taxing and really hard, especially when you have littles and you've been up all night. What advice can you give a mama right now that she can take away right this second when she is feeling overwhelmed with the struggle and the challenges of parenthood? Yeah. Support. I would say get support, get help. You don't have to do it by yourself. I think a lot of times we feel like um, we need to figure this out. We need to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we need to figure this out. We need to get it in, you know, get it together. I have said that to myself a lot, get it together. But really what we need is help and support. And that's what I love about Thrive is that support that comes through in the community, that comes through you. Like wherever you're struggling, you can get support. Can you get help from, you know, a family member or a friend? Can you swap mm-hmm. childcare so that you can have an afternoon one you know one afternoon a week to yourself to just go for a walk just to get yourself in a in a better place right can you get mm-hmm. more sleep i think that's a big thing right now <gasps> can we yeah. put our phones in a different room and go to bed a little bit earlier and get good quality sleep mm-hmm. um i know mm-hmm. so, you know when you have little ones that are waking you up in the middle of the night that's a that's really hard. I know for mm-hmm. me, I'm very sensitive. And when I don't have enough sleep, I'm very emotional. And even yes. just knowing that about myself helps me. It first of all, helps me to know nighttime is not a good time to have any deep conversations. <laughs> like that's not a good thing for me. And so like just really doing any self-care practices that you can to kind of help yourself to get into a better spot and getting the support that you need, even if that's a friend over Voxer, you know, like that can be life-giving just to have a friend to kind of, you know, share the load with you and encourage you along and come alongside you. And that has been a fun piece of Thrive because you're on the office hours with me and it's, we laugh, we cry. And when we have hard days and we have some really great rules in there that make it a very safe place. This podcast was so packed with amazing things. And I feel like everything you said, I wanted to ask you another question about, I know this is not the last time you are going to be on the Christy Face Show. That is for sure. I want to make sure our listeners know where to find you. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a website, marnielove.com. Um, and I'm also on Instagram at um, Journey with Love Homeschool. Kind of a mouthful, but yeah, you can connect with me there. I offer a 15 minute free consultation. If if you're interested in parent coaching or just want to learn more about the framework, um, you can do that from my website. So, and I'm in Thrive. So if you come to Thrive, you'll see me there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so we will put all of that in the show notes. We will put your website. We will put your Instagram handle and all of you listening You can schedule an appointment with Marnie for free and talk for 15 minutes to see if it is a fit, which I'm sure it will be because I can't think of anybody better than you, Marnie. I just love you so much. And I think that you are so grace-filled. And one piece that we didn't get to talk to, talk about is this guilt piece. But I think maybe we'll have you on again Like, what do we do when we feel guilty? I probably shouldn't have even brought it up, but I was looking at that question. I was like, darn it. I didn't get to ask you that. So, But we'll get to that at another time. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I cannot wait to share this with all of the listeners. And I hope they go and visit your website and book a call with you because it will truly transform their families. Thanks for being on. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here. 